Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. TCK Potters, happy week four. Sky here rolling solo as I always do on Tuesdays, recapping the week three action team by team, listing my ballers and stallers for the week. Make sure to email us your fantasy questions at our new email address, tckpod at gmail.com. That's tckpod, tckpod at gmail.com. Or shoot us a DM on Instagram at the candlestick kids with the hashtag tckpod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Jerry Rice, Andre Reed, Chris Carter. I smoke all these fools. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Well, I'm the best corner of the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Yo, weak ass, get your weak ass off the field. Get your weak ass off the field. He could go all the way. Because I'm a winner. I'll always be a winner. And you'll always be a loser. We'll start in Cleveland. The Browns get their first win in 635 days. The Bud Light coolers are opened. Drink up, Cleveland. Congratulations. The ballers on the Browns side, Carlos Hyde had a big night in general. 23 carries, 98 yards, two touchdowns. But uh, more so, it was his birthday and his wife delivered a baby later that night. Congratulations, Carlos Hyde. 
Jarvis Landry ate big time, especially when Baker Mayfield came in. Eight receptions, 103 through the air on 15 targets. He's going to be a beast moving forward. And Baker did come into the game on the last drive of the first half and started the second half. And he had 17 for 23 for 201 and a two-point conversion catch. Kind of uh, the Cleveland special, if you will. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out on YouTube. It was a fantastic play for two-point conversion. Um, he's a possible starter in 12-team leagues, in my opinion, uh, especially with the buys coming up. So go grab Baker if you've got a bench spot. The duds and uh, stallers on the Cleveland side. Um, Callaway didn't really do much, four for 20, uh, but on 10 targets. He's definitely the Cleveland number one receiver now that Josh Gordon is gone, so keep an eye on Antonio Callaway. Um, David Njoku had some great flashes and will definitely be a big deal moving forward for Baker Mayfield who targeted uh, Andrews in college a lot at the tight end position, but um, not not quite yet for Njoku, but he will be a uh, nice pickup at the tight end position. And Tyrod Taylor was just four for 14 for 19 yards before his concussion, but I think Tyrod is done in Cleveland barring an injury to Baker Mayfield. So it is official Baker time. Enjoy it, y'all. Exciting kid. On the Jets side, eh, no real ballers. The stallers on their side was Isaiah Crowell. I mean, I guess I'd give him the lone baller, uh, for 16 carries, 34 yards and two touchdowns. He got the two scores again, but you know, just 34 yards is certainly concerning. Bilal Powell, 14 carries for 73 yards, just one target through the air, which is kind of odd. Um, so not really feeling the, the Jets' backfield there. Quincy Anuwa, four catches, 57 yards on eight targets. Um, still the number one receiver, but not a huge night from him. And Robbie Anderson has just been ghosted. Two catches on four targets for just 22 yards. And Sam Darnold had a pedestrian night, uh, 15 for 31, not even 50%. Completion percentage, 169, and two picks, no touchdowns. So the Jets losing some of that Monday night luster from a couple weeks ago. Congratulations one more time to the Browns. We can stop talking about them not winning any games. Moving on to possibly the biggest upset of the year, the Bills roll into Minnesota and upset the Vikings. This was an incredible surprise here for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, man, made a, made a statement for himself, 15 for 22, 196 and a touchdown through the air, but more importantly, 10 rushes for 39 yards and two touchdowns. He also had a, a leap um, over a uh, Vikings defender to get a first down. Um, very impressive performance against uh, one of the best defenses, or thought so, in the league. Also, another baller was the Buffalo defense. One pick, two fumble recoveries, four sacks, and only six points against against that impressive Viking offense. So, great day for Buffalo. Um, on the Stallers side, uh, Ivory um, filled in for LaShawn McCoy for 20 rushes for only 56 yards, three catches for 70 yards. So, not a terrible day. He had 126 total yards but um just kind of kind of uh you know he's just kind of a, a lug there um so he had a huge reception but uh i wouldn't expect much from him going forward um just kind of a note here jason Kroom got the lone touchdown from josh allen on a 26 yard catch at the tight end position kelvin benjamin not much three for 29 on five targets and um charles clay two for 18 on three targets no shady mccoy in this one on the Minnesota side, again, they were embarrassed by Buffalo. I think everybody thought this was going to be a shutout for Minnesota, and uh, the tables were turned, most certainly. Um, Adam Thielen was the uh, maybe a lone baller on the Minnesota side. 14 catches, 105 yards on 19 targets. Thielen's balling out. 
And Kyle Rudolph, five catches, 48 yards on a touchdown with six targets. The Stallers side, though, Cousins, 40 for 55. 40 for 55, 296, just one touchdown and a pick. He had two fumbles and was sacked six times. Latavius Murray was a huge surprise here. A lot of people picked him up in DFS, and everyone had him starting with uh, Dalvin Cook out for the game, but he had two carries for one yard. That's not a typo. Two carries for one yard. Played the entire game, five catches, 30 yards on seven targets, but yikes, they were stifled. Minnesota's entire um, offense only had 12 rushing yards, 12 rushing yards for Minnesota. Laquan Treadwell, four catches for 33 yards. He was the second leading receiver on Minnesota. Yikes. Diggs, four for 17 on 10 targets. He got the targets but couldn't connect. No Dalvin Cook in this game. And Minnesota, like I said, only ran six times for 12 yards. Dan Bailey, the new acquisition, I certainly picked him up in the league, didn't score any points. No, He missed an extra point and uh, didn't even uh, attempt a field goal. So no good for Dan Bailey. The Minnesota defense, three sacks and no turnovers, 27 points against. Yikes. Moving into Houston, the Giants come into town and get their first win for the Giants. Saquon Barkley keeps chugging along, 17 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Five catches, 35 yards on five targets. And Shepard had a nice game uh, once Evan Ingram went down, which I'll get to in a second. But um, Shepard posted six catches, 80 yards, a touchdown on seven targets, um, and again took over pretty well once Ingram went down. Odell um, not getting those touchdowns, but certainly getting the yards. Nine catches, 109 on 10 targets. He'll be fine. Eli Manning had a pretty solid game, 25 of 29, just four incompletions, 297, and two touchdowns. So you can fire him up if you're desperate at quarterback on the buys. And Evan Ingram, once again, one catch for 19 yards. He has a mild MCL sprain for now. Uh, more on that tomorrow. On the Houston side, Deshaun Watson, um, 24 for 40, 385, two touchdowns and a pick. Will Fuller continues to crush uh, five Catches for 101, a touchdown on 11 targets. DeAndre Hopkins, 6 for 86 on 10 targets. And Lamar Miller, kind of a stellar performance. 10 carries for 10 yards. Come on, bro. One yard per carry. Five catches, 41 yards. A touchdown through the air on six targets. But Lamar Miller, not really, not really getting it done. The Chiefs get another win. Go to... 3-0 and oh on the season, beating the 49ers, although the 49ers had a chance here in the second half early before shit hit the fan. For the Niners, Josh Kittle was kind of the lone bright spot here, 5 for 79 on seven targets. And unfortunately, if you've not heard yet, Jimmy Garoppolo torn ACL out for the season on one of the more silly plays I've seen in a very long time. He was running out of bounds, picking up a first down, and he basically leaned into a defender going out of bounds, maybe picking up an extra yard and got smashed, tore his ACL out for the season. C.J. Beathard will be taking over. Yikes. Matt Breida, 10 for 90 on the ground. Three for 27 on three targets. He also looked to blow out his knee, but he returned. It wasn't as bad, so keep an eye on that. Alfred Morris, 14 for 67 and a touchdown. If Breida misses any times, Morris should be have a heavy workload. Marquise Goodwin, three for 30 and a touchdown. A little quick, uh, quick slant across the middle there for a short touchdown on four targets. Pierre Garçon has nothing uh, to be doing with fantasy. One for 11 on four targets. On the Kansas City side, a huge first half, pretty pedestrian second half. Mahomes continues to stay hot. 20 for uh, 24 for 38, 
314 with three touchdowns in the first half, tamed in the second half, as I mentioned. Travis Kelsey, huge day, eight for 114 on 10 targets. Sammy Watkins gets in the end zone for his first touchdown as a chief, five for 55, that touchdown on eight targets. And Kareem Hunt, two one-yard touchdowns on the ground, but just 44 yards otherwise, just one target through the air. Connolly and Harris also caught touchdowns for Kansas City, but I wouldn't worry about them for fantasy. And Tyreek Hill, a pretty, pretty mellow day, two for 51 on five targets. And Spencer Ware didn't have a huge day in the stats, but he's on the field all the time. So Kareem Hunt owners, keep an eye on that. Patrick Mahomes has now thrown a touchdown to nine different receivers already this season. To the Saints and Falcons game, this was an incredible game. One of the best games I have seen in a very long time. Breeze and Ryan, I'm telling you, I had huge predictions for them in the preseason. Super stoked on them. Has to do with their defenses both being horrible and battered up right now. On the Saints side, Breeze, record-setting day, passes Brett Favre for the most completions in a career. Congratulations to Breeze. And he had a monster day. 39 for 49, 396, three touchdowns to the air, and two rushing touchdowns. Uncharacteristic, but Breeze had a patented kind of jump over the goal line there, reach for the touchdown, and he had a sick Madden circle spin move in overtime for the game winner on another touchdown. Pretty incredible day for Breeze. Kamara, 16 carries, 66 yards, but 15 catches for 124 through the air on 20 targets. 20 targets as a running back. Incredible. Didn't score a touchdown, but he got his points. Michael Thomas, incredible. 10 catches, 129 on 10 targets. Another 100% catch rate this week. He has 38 catches on 50, or excuse me, 38 catches on 40 targets through the first couple of games of the season. Pretty incredible day for Michael Thomas once again. Ben Watson, five for 71, six targets. He looked young, spry, had some really great catches. Um, he had another near miss for, for a, a long gain and a touchdown. Um, but Ben Watson is a great uh, tight end streamer. He and Breeze are definitely connected from years ago. Cameron Meredith had just one catch, but it went for a touchdown. So Cameron, Cameron Meredith is another deep wide receiver uh, pickup. On the Falcons side, Calvin Ridley had a monstrous day for the rookie. Seven catches, 146, three touchdowns on eight targets. He was absolutely beasting, and he could have had a bigger day um, on top of that. Matt Ryan, 26 for 35, 374, and five touchdowns on his end. That was a career high. And also two two-point conversions. And Mohamed Sanu, four for 36, a touchdown on seven targets. Julio Jones, five for 96 on six targets, still does not get a touchdown. Matt Ryan throws five touchdowns. Julio Jones does not get any of them. Tevin Coleman kind of stalled out, 15 carries, 33 yards on the ground, and two for 14 with a touchdown. You're still firing him up as long as Devontae Freeman is out, but not putting up massive numbers, I think everybody expected. And Matt Bryant, uh, just three extra points, so let you down at the kicker position. Heading into Washington, the Skins hold off Rodgers as Adrian Peterson turns back the clock once again to get the W for the Redskins. On the Packers' side, Devontae Adams, seven for 52, and that touchdown, nine targets. He's a beast on the goal line. Rodgers loves him. They don't have much of a rushing game yet, so Devontae Adams getting his work in. And Geronimo Allison getting it done as well. Just two catches, but it went for 76 yards, a touchdown on four targets. One of those uh, catches was a 64-yard touchdown, so certainly has that big play ability that uh, Jordy left behind once he left Green Bay. So keep an eye on Geronimo Allison. He should definitely be picked up on waivers if he's still out there. Rodgers, kind of a dud game. 
stalled out a little bit, you know, just in what you're expecting from Rodgers week in and week out, but not a terrible game. 27 to 44, 265 and two touchdowns. He is just simply not mobile at all, which takes away from a lot of his upside. Ty Montgomery, 10 for 64. Jamal Williams, 7 for 45. Aaron Jones, 7 for 47. All these were pretty pedestrian, but Aaron Jones looks to be the best and most explosive, so he should be an added in all formats. And I would give him another week or two before he is the full starter. Jimmy Graham, <clears throat> 5 for 45 and 7 targets. Again, without that touchdown, he's only putting up 9 points for you in PPR. So, you know, not bad for a tight end, but not a huge performance and Randall Cobb pretty pedestrian four for 23 on 11 targets so he and Rogers just couldn't link Adrian Peterson 19 carries 120 and two touchdowns for the Washington Redskins no targets for AP but he was running angry and he said after the game that he left some yards on the field which is promising that he could have had even a bigger day but AP is very game game script dependent as I've mentioned um, so if he's looking up at a sloppy, maybe a rainy game, this is a rainy game all day, not a lot of passing from Alex Smith. So certainly a great day for uh, Adrian Peterson. Also, they got up on the Packers early and we're trying to run out the clock a lot of this. So AP doing work. Jamison Crowder sighting four for 39, a touchdown on four targets. That was nice to see. And Paul Richardson's lone catch was a 46 yard touchdown from Alex Smith and uh Jordan Reed, four for 65 on seven targets. Nice to see him still out there and healthy. Some stallers for the Redskins. Uh, Chris Thompson, just six carries for 17 yards and one catch on two targets. One catch, no yards on two targets. Very odd day for Chris Thompson. But again, this was the Adrian Peterson show in the rain trying to sulk out the clock. And <clears throat> Josh Dogson, no catches, no yards on his three targets. A little concerning there. Heading into Philadelphia, Philadelphia bounces back after a loss last week in Carson Wentz's return. It was great to see him out there. Two big injury quarterbacks um, survived through this game, which was nice to see. On the Colts side, uh, Adam Vinatieri, the lone baller for the Colts, he ties the uh, kicking legend Morton Anderson for most field goals all time, which is really great to see with him. And uh, Andrew Luck, 25 for 40, 264, a touchdown, and he had one long rush for 33 yards. So not a huge day from Andrew Luck, obviously, but it's nice to see him still healthy. Although, something to note, at the end of the game, they were throwing up a Hail Mary, and they brought in Jacoby Brissett to throw that Hail Mary uh, because Andrew Luck is just not able to get it down there about 60, 70 yards. So that is concerning for sure, and that is hurting T.Y. Hilton, so keep an eye on that. Uh, Grant, just three catches, 35 yards, a touchdown, though, on four targets. And T.Y. Hilton, five catches, 50 yards, and 10 targets. But again, um, I heard a stat that was uh, in previous years, the average from luck, average depth of target to T.Y. Hilton has been 13-plus yards. And now this year, it's eight yards. That's a significant knock to a big speed guy like T.Y. Hilton. So keep an eye on that. Eric Ebron was set to have a huge game with Jack Doyle out. but just did not. He had only five catches on 11 targets. He had 11 targets, which is really promising at the tight end position, but just five catches for 33 yards. He missed three end zone targets. So potentially a couple of touchdowns left on the field for Eric Ebron. Hines and Wilkins continue to split work, but it looks like Hines is starting to get that, um, that 
edge in the passing game for sure and um, will remain on the field as Marlon Mack comes back in the next couple of weeks, and that might cut into Wilkins. But Hines looks the more more safe out of the two once Marlon Mack comes back. Also, side note, Krista Michael was cut by the Colts, which makes me think that um, Marlon Mack is due back pretty soon here, so keep an eye on him as well. And no Jack Doyle in this game. On the Philly side, once again, Carson Wentz does return for his first game of the season, 25 of 37, 255, a touchdown and a pick. Not a huge game, but it was great to see him out there moving around. And Dallas Goddard had a huge game, uh, as did Ertz, but Goddard had seven catches on his seven targets for 73 yards and a touchdown. He led Philadelphia in fantasy points. So I don't think he's a starter as long as Ertz is out there, but every league I have Ertz in, I certainly have Goddard. And if you have Ertz, go out and get Goddard for cheap. He's probably on your waivers. If somebody has him, trade for him because he's easily the best tight end handcuff in the league, but he's also usable potentially against soft matchups. So keep an eye on Dallas Goddard. And Zach Ertz was five of 73 on 10 targets. So clearly, um, Ertz is still the number one tight end there and will remain to be, but Goddard is huge and certainly a red zone weapon. So keep an eye on the tight end situation in Philadelphia, but we saw them roll two tight ends all the time last year. So keep an eye there. Uh, Smallwood 10 for 56 and a touchdown on the ground, three for 35 on five targets filling in for Ajayi and Darren Sproles. Um, he had a better game than uh, Corey Clement which had uh, 16 for 56 on the ground and three for 19 on four targets. So Smallwood had the better game there. And Nelson Aguilar had a staller game with just four catches for 24 yards and five targets. So Aguilar may have been a better target for um, Foles. And now that Wentz is in there, he may not be as high and Jeffrey should be coming back soon. So keep an eye on this situation. But um, if Foles uh, liked Aguilar more than Wentz, this could be a problem for Aguilar owners. No Sproles or Ajayi in this game, as I mentioned. Heading into Miami, holy smokes, Miami may actually be good and could really stir up the AFC East next week with a win against a uh, somewhat confused uh, New England Patriots team in week four. So keep an eye on that. That might be a game of the week there, um, especially if the, if the Dolphins can pull away with the W. Um, for the Oakland Raiders, Jordy Nelson flashback. Six catches, 173, a touchdown on eight targets. He had one huge catch um, that bolstered his uh, stats, but that was definitely nice to see Jordy Nelson out there. And Derek Carr um, had 27 for 39, 345, a touchdown and a pick. Not a great game, but definitely was chucking it. For the Stallers, Amari Cooper, two for 17 and five targets. We see him have huge games and fall off. I want nothing to do with Amari Cooper. He's just a headache. You can let someone else deal with three huge games and another five, six, eight, nine uh, dud games. I'm not having it. Marshawn Lynch, 19 for 22 um, and uh, three targets. So not a big game for Marshawn Lynch uh, either. So keep an eye um, on him. He should be fine moving forward. The, the Miami defense is legit uh, is what we found out here in this game. And Cook had just five catches for 31 yards on six targets. On the Miami side, Ryan Tannehill, seven for 23. 289 and three touchdowns. Albert Wilson, my dog, Albert Wilson had one pass. He had a passing touchdown, one pass for 52 yards uh, on a score. It was kind of a little flip pass there for 52 yards and a touchdown to Jakeem Grant. And he had two catches for 74 yards, a touchdown on two targets. So he had two huge touchdowns for Albert Wilson, one passing, one receiving. And Jakeem Grant, as I mentioned, two catches for 70 yards, two touchdowns. 
and three targets. He had that 52-yard uh, flip pass from um, Albert Wilson. On the Staller side, Kenny Stills, three for 61, one touchdown on five targets. So keep an eye on Kenny Stills there. Still just kind of a deep threat. And Devontae Parker did play in this game, but just two for 40 on three targets. Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore, yikes. Very messy against uh, the Raiders front today. Um, or excuse me, on Sunday. Uh, Kenyon Drake, five carries for three yards. Five carries for three yards, two catches for seven yards on four targets. So he had seven touches for 10 yards. He crushed fantasy owners and DFS plays. Frank Gore, six for 12. We know what's going for Frank Gore, so no hate there. But Kenyon Drake, yikes, not looking good here. Maybe uh, maybe an opportunity for uh, my boy Kalen Balage. We'll see moving forward. Heading over to Baltimore, Baltimore looks strong versus Denver and remains perfect in the red zone this year with 12 for 12 on opportunities in the red zone. Um, for Denver, the lone bright spot was Emmanuel Sanders with one catch for 35 yards, or I'm sorry, one rush for 35 yards and a touchdown, five catches for 38 yards and eight targets. On the Staller side, Demarius Thomas, five catches, 63 yards on five targets. He's just not getting down the field there. And Royce Freeman. 13 carries, 53 yards and a touchdown, one catch, five yards on one target. Um, and he got more uh, work after Philip Lindsay got ejected for throwing punches at the bottom of the pile. This is very silly. This wasn't like a, um, you know, Ramsey, uh, AJ Green situation from last year where they were just throwing haymakers. I think Lindsay just got, you know, someone was talking shit or he got punched in the, in the, in the uh, huddle there. Um, at the end of a play, and he just started throwing punches, but they ejected him. He was thrown out for the game. Don't think he's going to miss any time, but if he does, Royce Freeman should get much, much more work, which I think he should anyway. Devontae uh, Booker, not much uh, during this game. Um, Baltimore, eh, not much going on here on the offensive side, although they just had pretty solid performances. Buck Allen, another touchdown. Six for seven on the ground, but he got that touchdown. Three for 19 and a touchdown through the air. Yikes. Fire up Buck Allen in uh, – PPR leagues, especially next week versus um, Pittsburgh on Monday night, or excuse me, Sunday night football next week. So Sunday night football, Ravens and Steelers, which will be a great game, of course, their annual meeting. Um, but Buck Allen uh, continues to be a pain in the ass for Alex Collins owners. Alex Collins, a decent game, 18 carries, 68 yards and a touchdown. He also had three catches for six yards on four targets. So he's getting the work, but Buck Allen continues to to get his touchdowns as well. John Brown, another solid game, five catches, 86 yards on nine targets, and Michael Crabtree, seven catches, 61 yards on 10 targets. Heading into Carolina, Carolina cruises uh, behind Cam Newton's four touchdown performance, two on the ground, two through the air, and career highs in carries and rush yards by Christian McCaffrey. On the Carolina side, Cam Newton, 15 for 24, just 150 through the air, 150. Um, but he got two touchdowns and he had 10 carries, 36 yards and two touchdowns on the ground as well. Christian McCaffrey, huge game on the ground, 28 carries for 184. Again, career highs in both carries and yards, 28 carries, 184 on the ground, just two catches for 10 yards on two targets. So not used in the air, uh, this week, but got it done on the ground. CJ Anderson, however, Got it done on his lone catch for 24 yards and a touchdown, uh, just nine yards on two carries on the ground. Devin Funches, 
four catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. DJ Moore slowed down a little bit, as did Ian Thomas. DJ Moore just one catch for three yards and two targets, and Ian Thomas uh, taking over for Greg Olson at tight end. Three catches, 20 yards on five targets there. On the Cincinnati side, Tyler Boyd uh, continues to flourish um, and looks like AJ Green may be dealing with a little hiccup. I'll get to in a second, but Tyler Boyd looks like the obvious number two in Cincinnati. Six catches, 132 and a touchdown, seven targets. Gio Bernard filled in uh, respectively for Joe Mixon. 12 carries, 61 yards, a touchdown, five catches, 25 yards on nine targets. Tyler Eifert had a nice day, six catches, 74 yards on eight targets. So he's looking to uh, get fired up and he'll get his touchdowns eventually. And CJ Uzuma got the touchdown uh, sniping Eifert with two carry, uh, two catches, 19 yards, and a touchdown, which should have been Eifert's, but um, Uzuma got that. I wouldn't be starting him. AJ Green, as I mentioned, kind of a dud game, five catches, 58 yards on eight targets. Um, but he had two apparent injuries. One was kind of an odd one uh, where he had kind of like a knee groin hiccup. Another one looked like to be an apparent con uh, apparent concussion. Um, we'll let Daniel get to more of that on tomorrow's episode. John Brown uh, fading away. Um, three catches for 16 yards on seven targets. Just not able to connect on those deep balls. He'll be a flash in the pan situation. So be careful with John Brown. Titans. Titans roll into Jacksonville and upset the Jaguars. Holy smokes. This might be the other upset of the year. Um, very surprised here. Uh, Tennessee gets another win uh, accidentally um, with no stellar performances. Mariota had to come back into the game after they wanted to sit him for um, Blaine Gabbert, but Blaine Gabbert got knocked out with a concussion. So Mariota came in on an emergency situation with some nerve damage in his hands. He went 12 for 18 for 100 yards and seven for 51 on the ground. So it's nice to see him getting the rushing in. That means he's nice and mobile, but Mariota was not supposed to play in this game. Gabbert left, as I mentioned, with a concussion. Deion Lewis, nine carries for 26 yards, three catches, 14 yards on three targets. Derrick Henry, 18 carries for 57 yards. So really nice. Um, work share for Derrick Henry, but not very efficient once again against that Jacksonville front. Taewon Taylor, four catches, 30 yards on five targets. Corey Davis, two catches on 34 yards on four targets. And Jonu Smith not doing much, filling in for Delaney Walker. One catch, nine yards on two targets. So that Titans offense is ugh, sputtering at best right now, but they do get another sloppy win. As for Jacksonville, yikes. This was supposed to be a good game for Yeldon, filling in for um, uh, Fournette, who sat out for the game. Um, but that was not the case. Seven carries for 44 yards, six catches, 46 yards on seven targets. Keelan Cole had a pedestrian game, four catches for 40 yards and nine targets. And Blake Bortles, who was a big streaming option, certainly in DFS plays, just 21 for 34, 155 through the air. 155 through the air. Um, no picks, no touchdowns, and he had five carries for 27 yards. So, again, a big DFS play and just bombed for uh, those owners that picked him up. So, Blake Bortles is going to have games like last week where he tears it up, four or five touchdowns, three, 400 yards, but he's also going to have Blake Bortles games like this one. So, be careful with Blake Bortles. The Battle of Los Angeles brought us the Chargers and the Rams. The Rams, in my opinion, are the best team in the league, and I don't think it's even close. Um, their offense and their defense are absolutely on fire and they've scored over 30 games uh, or excuse me, over 30 points um, in multiple games dating back to last year. So the Rams are absolutely on fire for the Rams. Jared Goff, 29 of 36, 354, three touchdowns and a 
pick for Gurley, 23 carries, 105, and a touchdown, five catches, 51 yards, and six targets through the air. All the receiver, all the receivers eight. Robert Woods, the biggest day, 10 catches, 104, two touchdowns on 11 targets. Cooper Cup had four catches, 72 yards, a touchdown on a nice long touchdown where he kind of ripped his leg out of uh, the grasp of a uh, Chargers defender for a long touchdown. He had six targets. And Brandon Cooks, seven catches, 90 yards on eight targets. So that Rams offense looks mean. And the Chargers uh, offense uh, looked really great as well, but just couldn't keep pace with the Rams. Mike Williams is a beast. I was touting him big time in the preseason, and I'm so glad to see him healthy this year and absolutely crushing it. I've got Mike Williams on most of my teams that I could grab him in the draft, and he is absolutely beasting out. Four catches, 81 yards, two touchdowns on seven targets. Look for that to continue. Melvin Gordon, another 15 carries, 80 yards, a touchdown, just two catches for four yards on four targets through the air. But he uh, took some time off to rest, and uh, Eckler spelled him quite a bit as usual. But Melvin Gordon continues to get in the end zone. Tyrell Williams, just kind of a couple lone stallers for um, the Chargers. Tyrell Williams, uh, just two catches for 22 yards on three targets. Keenan Allen, three catches for 44 yards on four tar- or on seven targets. And um, Austin Eckler, four carries, 47 yards, three catches, 24 yards, and three targets. And Antonio Gates sighting, uh, not a huge day, but it was nice to see him out there and active. Um, three catches, 45 yards, and a target, and a uh, Rivers overthrew him in the end zone, so it could have been a bigger day for Gates, but it's nice to see him, and he is a very deep option at tight end, but certainly an option at that. Dallas rolls into Seattle, and Seattle picks up their first win, avoiding an 0-3 start against a pretty uh, pretty hapless Dallas team. Outside of Zeke, uh, this Dallas team looks really pathetic right now. Zeke got his numbers, 16 carries, 127, but no touchdowns. Three catches, 11 uh, 11 yards on eight targets to the air, but they're going to have to feed him big time next week. I expect maybe 25, 30 carries from Zeke moving forward. So you're not doing anything with him, but certainly uh, fire him up moving forward. I think he'll just get more hungry. And if you can buy Zeke low right now, you may want to give it a stab. Um, Quick note on Jeff Swain. Uh, the tight end for the Cowboys. They're still looking for that replacement for Jason Witten. Jeff Swain had five catches, 47 yards on seven targets. So just kind of a deep name to keep an eye on. And Dak Prescott, yikes. 19 for 34, 168, a touchdown and a uh, and two picks, um, but was just basically running all over the place with a pretty uh, pretty aggressive and motivated Seattle defense there. Um, and there was another pick dropped by Seattle defenders. So Dak, not looking good. I may have missed on uh, his rising again this year. So that is to be seen, but not looking good for Dak and that offense. And the receivers, again, for for Dallas, I'm not even going to mention they're outside of Beasley, potentially you're not playing any of them in fantasy as of yet. For the Seattle side, nice uh, bounce back for the Seattle Seahawks here. Chris Carson, holy shit. Chris Carson, 32 carries, 32 carries for 102 and a touchdown, two catches, 22 yards on two targets. 32 carries is very, very promising, obviously. However, just 102 on the uh, on the ground is a 3.18 yards per carry. So that is certainly uh, not very impressive, but 32 carries is awesome. And a fantasy football opportunity is king. So you're firing up Chris Carson as long as um, Penny doesn't do much. And Penny had just three carries for five yards. So Chris Carson is the dog in Seattle. Lockett had a nice game for Catches for 77 yards. He got his long 52-yard touchdown per usual. Six targets for him. And the Seattle defense had two picks. 
one fumble recovery, five sacks, and 13 points against against that Dallas defense. So it looks like the Seattle defense is a is a possible option here in fantasy circles. Once again, some stallers for Seattle. Uh, Rashad Penny, as I mentioned, three for five on the ground, not getting it done. And Disley came back down to earth, one catch, four yards, three targets. I think this is more of the norm for Disley. And Russell Wilson, 16 for 26, just 192 through the air and two touchdowns. For the Bears and Cardinals game, Arizona comes up short in a late comeback against Chicago, and they turn the keys over from Sam Bradford to Josh Rosen. So the rookie will be getting his start um, in week four for Arizona. Yikes, this offense is not looking good. Their defense isn't looking good. The Bears, thankfully, are, are horrible uh, on offense with, with Mitch Trubisky, at least. Um, so they kept Arizona in this game, but this should have been a blowout. Um, the defense for the Bears absolutely dominated the Arizona Cardinals and uh, David Johnson, um, 12 carries for 31 yards, four catches, 30 yards. And he did have a 29 yard touchdown, which was nice, but he was left wide open on the swing route. So, you know, take that for what it is. Uh, but they just need to use him more and more and more. Just 16 touches for your best player is not acceptable. Larry Fitzgerald played a limited role here. Not much in the stat column. Um, he was kind of battling some injuries and wanted to get him some rest in this game that they didn't think they were going to win anyway. So they kept him out. And Christian Kirk had a nice game in uh, Fitz's place here. Seven catches, 90 yards on eight targets. So anything were to happen to Fitz, uh, I would definitely keep an eye on Christian Kirk. He'll be he'll be uh, certainly taking over for that position moving forward if anything were to happen to Fitz. With Ricky Seals-Jones, he caught just one pass. It was for a 35-yard um, touchdown, but he had just three targets. So still that boom-bust candidate for Ricky Seals-Jones. And as I mentioned, Sam Bradford was benched in the fourth quarter. He did throw two touchdowns, but kind of, you know, not enough to get Arizona moving. Um, and it was kind of in sloppy play. So Bradford benched in the fourth quarter. Rosen makes his NFL debut. Doesn't make, doesn't do anything. Can't drive the uh, Cardinals back late in the game. He throws a pick late and basically, you know, he doesn't lose the game for them, but um, couldn't bring them back to the win. But I'm not knocking him. He got thrown in the fire there and, and was up against it. Uh, but he will get his first NFL start next week. Um, in week four for Arizona. For the Bears, Jordan Howard finally gets in the end zone. First touchdown of the season, 24 carries, 61 yards, and that touchdown. He had two catches for 20 yards on two targets. So it looks like Jordan Howard got 26 touches um, and 80, 80 yards in the touchdown total. So that was nice to see, and I expect that to actually still increase for Jordan Howard. Some stallers um, all around elsewhere, though, for the Bears. Uh, Tariq Cohen, five carries, 53 yards, which is solid for him. Obviously, it's 10 yards per carry, um, but three catches for 15 yards on three targets. So I think people expect more from him through the air and didn't get it. Trey Burton, another pedestrian day, four catches, 55 yards on um, five targets there. So Trey Burton still hasn't hit that stride, but, you know, hold strong at the tight end position, I guess. Um, and Arizona, to their credit, do actually cover the tight ends pretty well. So keep an eye on Trey Burton moving forward. Um, Allen Robinson, after a big week last week, just three catches, 50 yards on seven targets. And Taylor Gabriel had the most targets on the team with 10, but he had just six catches for 34 yards. And Anthony Miller had four catches for 35 yards on five targets. He dislocated his left shoulder, but he did return in the game. So um, more on Anthony Miller tomorrow during the news and notes segment, but uh, keep an eye on him. Moving on to Sunday night football, another huge upset this week. Um, Matt Patricia out coaches Bill Belichick. I don't know what else to say other than that. Watching that game, Matt Patricia and the Lions 
um, straight up outplayed the Patriots all around. So congratulations to the to uh, the Lions um, getting the win at home and upsetting the New England Patriots and uh, the former defensive coordinator for the Patriots, Matt Patricia, now the head coach for the Lions, gets the win against the old boss, Belichick, um, in that huge upset. And for the Patriots, Yikes. Um, you know, maybe this is just kind of a, another Patriots September where they're kind of a slow start out the gate. So I would definitely hold tight on everybody, but they looked off. Their running game didn't get much going on. Tom Brady looked out of sorts, which you just frankly don't see. But I, I think this is just a product of Matt Patricia knew, know, knows that defense and how to attack them, but also knows the intricacies of that offense as well. And I think he just, again, outcoached the Patriots. So um, I'm definitely concerned about the Patriots because they're not the Patriots you're hoping for in fantasy. But uh, this was just straight up a, a, a good, good play by Matt Patricia and the Lions. James White. Um, four for 37 on the ground, three catches, 14 yards um, on uh, and, and a touchdown um, for uh, New England. So he was kind of the lone bright spot. And actually, Sonny Michelle, too, um, didn't have a huge day, but he was on the field a lot, which is good to see. Uh, the rookie had 14 carries, 50 yards, and he had one catch for negative one yards on three targets. So not good there, but um, he also missed a couple wide open cat. Like he literally dropped a few passes. He missed a couple routes and Tom Brady, you could just tell was not on the same page with uh, Sony Michelle after he missed um, a lot of uh, the late part of training camp with his uh, knee injury. So I expect Sony Michelle to become that lead back there and certainly take off later in the season. So gather up Sony Michelle now, if you can, especially if you're able to buy him low after that performance in a primetime game that most people watched. Um, Rex Burkhead, not getting it done. Uh, two carries, uh, or I'm sorry, two uh, uh, receptions for 26 yards on three targets. Um, no carries for Rex Burkhead. He did have kind of a, a weird hit to the helmet. Um, he had a neck injury, did not return in the second half. So a low game for Burkhead, uh, but keep an eye on him. In general, though, I just think that Michelle is going to take over him once he is healthy and gets on the same page with Brady. So a little bit concerned about Burkhead for sure moving forward. Gronkowski. Four catches, 51 yards on five targets. Chris Hogan, three catches, 31 yards on four targets. Um, very pedestrian uh, games from both of those guys. And, uh, you know, big play slay for uh, for the Lions is the real deal. So, you know, keep an eye on him as a as a potential uh, no-fly no zone there in Detroit. Tom Brady, 14 for 26, 133, a touchdown and a pick. He just looked off all night, like I mentioned. 133 for Tom Brady. Yikes. And uh, Goskowski, one field goal and one extra point. Of course, every league is starting him, but he had just uh, just that um, four points for the kicker position. And <clears throat> Detroit, again, big up Matt Patricia and the Lions as a whole. This is a huge um, upset of their own after being upset two weeks in a row by the Jets and the Niners. So possibly better things ahead for the Lions. Stafford, 27 for 36, 262, two touchdowns and a touchdown. He looked really good all night. And the receivers are beasting every week. Keep keep on them. If you can grab one of these receivers, go get them. Kenny Galladay, potentially the best receiver on the team. Kenny Galladay, 6 for 53, a touchdown on seven targets. Marvin Jones Jr., 4 for 30, 4 for 69, excuse me, a touchdown and six targets. And uh, Tate got six catches for 69 yards on eight targets. So the most targets by Tate, which is no surprise, uh, biggest yards by Jones, which is no surprise, but that touchdown by Galladay. So keep an eye on any of these receivers. 
Carryon Johnson, great to see him get over 100 yards, 16 carries, 101 on the ground, two for nine on three targets through the air. The first Detroit Lions running back since Reggie Bush in 2013 to go over 100 yards. So congratulations to the rookie. I'm super high on Carryon Johnson. I've got him on most of my benches. Um, I did start him in one league out of necessity, and he pan- panned out for me. Um, but, you know, you can potentially fire up a Carryon Johnson in plus opportunities, and they should just be feeding him moving forward because he is much better than uh, LeGarrette Blunt, much more quick and shifty. Um, he was the uh, – a um, SEC player of the year on offense last year, and he led the SEC in rushing yards um, at Auburn. So he definitely can get it done. And, and as we know, Blunt is more of a plotter on the goal line. So I love carrying on Johnson moving forward and he can catch the ball. And Theo Riddick basically at this point is just a pass catching back. So Blunt and Riddick basically paled to comparison with carry on Johnson. So I love him last game of the week, Steelers and bucks, a great Monday night game. It was like monsoon during the pregame warmups, the players were warming up in the tunnels before the game, but the actual game conditions were just fine. The field was very soggy and sloppy and muddy, but it, it wasn't raining too bad during the game, but the bucks can't pull off a comeback by Fitzmagic and uh, Pittsburgh ekes out their first win of the season on the road. For Pittsburgh, Big Ben got his road win, 30 for 38, 353, three touchdowns and a pick. So a nice road Ben performance. Um, and it really could have been uh, bigger. He missed on a couple uh, bombs to Juju and Antonio Brown, uh, which could have obviously inflated the stats. Juju Smith-Schuster, a huge game. Um, nine catches for 116 on 11 targets. And Vance McDonald, one of the dopest plays I've ever seen, uh, a la Marshawn Lynch. Um, he caught basically like a 10-yard, 15-yard out and just stiff-armed the hell out of a <laughs> defensive back and rumbled for a 75-yard touchdown that he earned. It was awesome. Go look that up on YouTube. Four catches, 112, a touchdown on five targets for Vance McDonald. Antonio Brown, just six catches, 50 yards, and he did get a touchdown on a sweet little, you know, juke move he put on on a little screen pass. But uh, Juju is straight up outplaying AB right now. Um, I don't see this to be any concern for um, Antonio Brown, but Juju has straight up better stats than Antonio Brown through three weeks of the season. So keep an eye there. And James Carner, 15 for 61 on the ground, and he sulked out the game late uh, with about 50 yards in the last three or four minutes. Um, He had less than 30 yards getting into the fourth quarter, but he ended up with 61 on the ground and five catches, 34 yards on six targets. And it looks like uh, the Steelers are now looking at trade offers potentially for Le'Veon Bell. Sounds like the Jets are kind of the, the front runner right now, but keep an eye on that. And if you're looking to sell or buy Le'Veon Bell, I would do it quickly either way, uh, because once he does find a team, shit's going to go crazy for the Lev sweepstakes. And last but not least, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come up short, unfortunately, but they definitely had chances to win this game. Um, Fitch Magic, 30 for 50, 411 yards, three touchdowns, three picks. I'm still calling it Fitz Magic. I don't think it's automatic that Jameis comes back, uh, although he is technically eligible to return this week, and he is in the building as of um, – Tuesday this week. So uh, Jameis could come back, but I think Dirk Cutter would be a moron to bench Fitzmagic with what he's been able to do. And Jameis has been out for a month. 
Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a really great game here. He had a lot of garbage time stuff because he threw three picks early, but two of those picks, one of them hit a defender in the helmet, bounced up in the air and got caught. The other one was a miscommunication with uh, Mike Evans. That was probably on Mike Evans. It looked like, and, uh, Fitz just threw it directly to a, um, Pittsburgh defender. So I'm not really counting those against him. Again, he did get a ton of yards late and a huge, uh, touchdown to Mike Evans late in the game to pull within uh, a score. But um, he was over 400 yards for the third consecutive game. And he is the first NFL quarterback in league history to throw for 400 yards in three consecutive games. So Fitzmagic is definitely de-gaffing it and uh, throwing, throwing the ball up. So I would keep him in if, um, if he is a starter, obviously. Um, Mike Evans, huge game, six for 137, that long touchdown late and uh, 11 targets. Chris Godwin could have had a much, much bigger game. He had a great game as is, five catches, 74 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets. But watching this game, he dropped two touchdowns, one in the back of the end zone, one in the front of the end zone, literally in his gut. He dropped both of them. He had another one that was overthrown by um, Fitzpatrick, and he had another 56-yard touchdown that he seemed to have caught kind of on like a 25-yard post route that he jumped, caught, rolled on, and the defenders for for Pittsburgh didn't seem to tag him, you know, touch him down. He got up, scrambled for a 56 yard touchdown. Would have been a huge play. And after review, they they realized that on his diving catch, he actually happened to clip um, with his foot one of the uh, defenders' shoulder pads. So they called him down by contact, which I thought was kind of bullshit. But um, either way, it negated a 56 yard touchdown. But Chris Godwin could have had a literally three or four touchdowns in this game and um, they look for him in the red zone. At least Fitzpatrick does. So as long as Fitz is in there, Godwin is a, is a must start for sure at flex or even wide receiver too. And OJ Howard had a nice game six for 72 on eight targets and Cameron Brait had a nice game three for 34. He got a touchdown on four targets. The couple uh, lone stallers for the Bucks, Deshaun Jackson, three for 37, five targets. He had an 80 yard um, kick return, uh, called back on a penalty, um, but not much through the air there. And uh, Barber, Peyton Barber, still not getting it done. Eight carries, 34 yards. Jacquez, not much. And uh, Rojo, Ronald Jones was a healthy scratch again for the third consecutive week to start the season. Although, again, they may not have any other opportunity or choice to um, not start him. So they, they may have to fire up Rojo here, whether they want to or not in week four. So keep an eye on Jameis. Keep an eye on Fitzmagic. Keep an eye on Rojo. Um, keep an eye on the Le'Veon Bell situation. There's a lot of moving parts here with these two teams, Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. Well, that'll do it for the week three recap. Tomorrow, Daniel will fill you in on the news and notes from week three and look ahead to the player updates affecting week four. And remember to email us your start sit and your keep trade cut questions at our new email address, tckpod at gmail.com. And send us a DM on Instagram at the candlestick kids. Use the hashtag tckpod if you're doing any relative posts for us and uh, follow our IG stories throughout the weekend's for game day updates. Thanks for listening and good luck in week four. For Daniel Stancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here! 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.